0: I think it's like it been almost like a little bit of addiction that I can see because the effect is so instantly. you can see like within three or six months you have changed someone's life and the ecosystem just keeps growing and growing. Um, so I'm not I'm not the techie that when it comes to understanding techie I don't understand it completely. there are so many people that understand it so much better like developers and stuff like that. But I can see the human behaviors that are changing. I can see the impact it's making in people's lives.
1: Hey, my name is Innocent McGinga and you're listening to the Learnability Podcast. For individuals seeking growth, we've created this open-ended exploration into our ability and desire to learn. I guess you could call it a combination of what we know and how we learn. So in conversation with individuals either speaking from experience, belief or science, we seek to find answers to how to navigate and win in this information age. All right, we're off. Episode number seven with Innocent and Heaven.
0: Perfect names.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You are of several traits and occupations. Could you give us like a shorter breakthrough of what you do
0: a short one i will try yeah, as
1: as short as possible and you'll be able to elaborate later on
0: oh yeah well, the short is um i'm a pharmacist that became tech nerdy and swedish first female crypto specialist and trying to save children
1: so you have the bambino foundation as well
0: exactly
1: what is the bambino foundation and what do you do there
0: The Bambino Foundation started as just an ordinary NGO. Yeah. Like uh, a lot of people do, where I wanted to make sure children in Africa had access to free healthcare. But I quickly realized it's very difficult to make people care enough and to donate. And I actually understood, like, okay, I can't have this Bambino called Bambino Project back then to be dependent on donations. So I started to invest very early. The first thing I invested was in a pharmacy and uh, started getting into the Bitcoin and the crypto world very uh, early. And I started to be a trader and I've been teaching other people to trade so their monthly fee can actually pay for the healthcare costs for the children.
1: All right, so you created an education within crypto
0: Exactly. Not, not an education in crypto, but how to trade crypto and forex.
1: All right. So through that. So you don't
0: actually have to own a crypto or other currencies to actually trade on the market.
1: Also, oh, you're separated. You're more in the trading side. Yeah. So through the value you create in your education, the revenue you get in is what founds the foundation.
0: Exactly. So we do accept donations, but the it's not the most um it's not the reason why Bambino Foundation is here today after so many years.
2: How did you
1: get into crypto and the whole field?
0: It started off when I was studying to become a pharmacist. I worked um, part time, like extra, uh, at a company called GlocaNet. I don't know if they exist today.
1: I remember them.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so I worked as a phone salesperson, just calling people up, like, Hi, do you want Wi Fi? Basically. And um, it was me together with a lot of dudes that could build their own computers, basically, very knowledgeable type. But that's how I actually got into it. And they started talking about Bitcoin and digital cash, and they were into mining. I thought I was too difficult i wish i did it but i thought it was too difficult and one of the uh, one of my we're still friends basically after ten, 10 years he said you know you can trade and you can actually earn money even if the market goes down and that's where it actually just clicked in my brain i was like what that's exactly the opposite that i've been learning all these years i thought everything had to add on value or go up to actually get some profit or money he said no you have to just analyze and we started to explain all the technicalities behind the trading and I was like okay teach me now
1: <laughs> and how long time before you felt like you had got a grip of it and started gaining traction
0: well after a year then I saw the opportunity to actually teach other yeah and so I started to teach other people after a year and now we almost a thousand people I just checked this morning. It was nine hundred fifty-five people. Uh, in That's the, amazing in the Korea. Yeah, it's it's growing From all over the and world. They have I'm been guessing. taken. I have a, about like hundred people of them that has like proceeded to do this and teach others. So we're just growing. Wow. crazy, crazy growth.
1: I bet some of the people listening to this will be interested, and in, some might not even know really what crypto is about. Could you possibly give us like a quick Crash course of crypto, talking about distributed ledgers and blockchain, what that is, uh, different currencies, how to use it, and what you see f- for the future. Is that possible?
0: That's what people pay me for. <laughs> i <I'm kidding. laughs> Okay, I'll give the crash course. No Just worries.
1: short. <laughs> so they can want to get more from you.
0: Yeah, but basically... When it it's two different courses. It's like one is like how to trade. Trading per se is not a new thing. People have been trading for many many years. There are a lot of more people that have more experience when it comes to trading. You can trade stocks, and like way way back time, people would trade uh, rice. So it's not when it comes to trading, it's not actually a new thing. The new thing is actually we can now trade on the cryptocurrency market. And the cryptocurrency market is what we most people know about, like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Exactly, they're the two uh, biggest one right now.
1: Bitcoin was the first one, right?
0: Yes, it was. And then the founders are Satoshi Nakamoto. Who knows who that one or several people are? Nobody knows actually who created it. We just only have like emails and a lot of developers together who made this happen. So basically, it's a it's, both, it's not so far off from where we are today, but if we go to the financial system we have today, you can just swish or just send money, just zeros and ones to each other. Exactly the same thing, but we don't have a bank that controls it.
1: So that's where the distributed ledger comes in.
0: Exactly. So every, every person in the system owns the information. It's not just centralized like we have today. Like the bank has every information and they will send out the information and do the ledger. Ledgers is basically um accountant system where you just like, okay, Innocent sent $2 to Heaven. Heaven sent $2 to pay her bill and stuff like that. That information is not owned only by the bank. It's actually owned by everyone.
1: And that's... As I've got it, the most exciting part about it, it being uh,
0: distributed yeah, by everyone. Yeah, this is huge. huge. And I will try to explain why, because a lot of people have a very narrow um, picture when it comes to the financial system, especially in the Western world. There are billions of people today that don't actually have no access to a bank account or even a credit card, like Visa or MasterCard or a debit card. And the few ones who actually have in, say, in the Af- continent of Africa, we have a lot of countries in, in Asia that actually have a bank account, they're still regulated. They can't use that credit card. Even if it's Visa or MasterCard, they can't use it online. They can't use it without, like, outside the border, the, ne- the nation's border. So say, for example, because that's how I fell in love with crypto and I understood, like, this is it bigger picture for billions of people. My first student was an Ethiopian bank man. And I said, like, okay, great. Very naive. I was like, he has a visa card. He has a bank account. And I told him, like, I will teach you for free. I just want to make sure my method just works. And he said, yes, of course. But the funny thing is, even if he had a bank account, he couldn't actually trade on the market. How come? Because his bank account is connected to an Ethiopian bank. Even if the bank was a European, but the address was Ethiopian.
1: So you're just restricted by regulation.
0: Yeah, we know. Like here in Sweden, we are. We know that if we want to travel to, let's say India, we just log into our internet bank, and we say, like, okay, our card, our debit card, should work in India. Oh yes, yeah, so you open Just switch like up. a button. Yeah, and it's yeah. done. Right. That option is not there billions of people so this this man who i taught he had to buy crypto to actually have access to the basic forex market
1: he can't use his currency and his actual currency from his country has to go that route through crypto exactly so it's a sort of global currency as well
0: yeah because this financial system doesn't discriminate anyone It doesn't matter who you are, where you live, your passport or nothing. So it's both the scary part, but also make sure that billions of people in this world would actually have access to the world. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And how is it mostly used today? It's quite new still. Or in what stage would you say it is in today?
0: Well, it's still very new. Yeah. Um I try to compare with the internet. It will probably go faster when the with the blockchain and crypto world. Um, to implement in the system, I think we will have we will probably see like in mainstream people will probably use different systems based on blockchain without even realizing they're using blockchain. Yeah. Like-, like like a little bit today like we use the internet, we talk about 3G, 4G, 5G, what we don't really Understand the difference <laughs> difference between between them or the system behind it.
1: Definitely, and similar to AI, we're talking about AI is coming, but it's already here in a way that we don't notice it in our day to day use.
0: Exactly. So I think we will see there, see that change more and more rapidly. Um, it's going when it comes to this whole world. It's going a much faster rate in countries that are excluded in the in the world today so basically in africa when we talk about technology they are already they skipped whole the third like third revolution they're into the fifth they they skip they go from they go from like in smartphone to robotics instantly they skip like a you call kind a of leapfrog they skip like a total one whole revolution that we see and we're doing here in, in the west Um, Oh,
1: yeah. So that's a part of seeing the potential in that market, I guess.
0: Absolutely. So that's why I think when it it comes to the Western world, when they're like, oh, it's just a hype, it's just a buzzword. It's the same when the internet came. People were saying, like, no no one will trust to put in their bank account and name and everything in the internet. Now you see we have every information on everyone out there. (laughs) So. I don't think, I think it's going to be the same, especially now. The reason why I think it's going to do a much much faster rate is because there are billions of people that are excluded in the system we know now. Uh, even in the internet world, we have a lot of people, a lot of billions of people that don't have access to the information that you and I can easily get. So it's like open like a Pandora's ass, like, welcome to the world. and. And it's so easy.
1: Wow. Uh, Really excited. And uh, as I said, if people want to learn more, they can get in touch with you, right? Absolutely. How does the courses uh, play out? Is it uh, from a distance?
0: Yeah, it's online. Online. Uh, Everything's online. online. I think of these almost thousand people, I probably met like five or 10% of them in real life. (laughs) Rest of them, we use Zoom. Uh, I love Zoom. I think it's better than Skype. Sorry, Skype. (laughs) <laughs> uh, to, to actually learn. So we do one-to-one meetings like every third day and we have an online education platform with videos and everything. Um, and then we are about a hundred mentors that you can reach out to and chat groups.
1: Thank you for giving us that crash course. I don't think you gave away too much. There's a lot more to learn. So I hope people get in touch with you for that.
0: There's a lot to learn. And I think if anyone is saying they're an expert, they're lying. They might be specialists just because we've been doing it for so long. But if, if anyone says it's an expert, it's just a pure, pure lie. You <laughs> we can't have no idea where this, this is going. We just know the potential is going to be huge. No one knew we will have Instagram and see people taking pictures of themselves daily on the internet. We couldn't even imagine that. So, who knows? <laughs>
1: You mentioned uh, working at the pharmacy and I'm trying to understand how did you get to that position, to that forefront of this technology, doing the work with the foundation? Could you give us a little bit of that path and that journey?
0: I think it's just been interesting and trying to like, see uh, how I can impact other people's life, basically give them a second chance. And it started out with children and healthcare. Um. But then when I added on the trading course, I could see like I could change even young adults or adults basically life on such low cost. Um, it was just I think I just got a little bit addicted to it to see like how much I can impact someone's life to the better uh, with the help of technology.
1: <laughs> it feels like you've leveraged technology and really scaled up your desire to impact people
0: yes exactly so now it's, i think it's like it's been almost like an, a little bit of addiction that i can see because the effect is so instantly you can see that like within three or six months you have changed someone's life and the ecosystem just keeps growing and growing um so i'm not i'm not the techie that like when it comes to understanding techie i don't understand it completely there are so many people that understand it so much better like developers and stuff like that but I can see the human behaviors that are changing. I can see the impact it's making in people's lives.
1: It might be the most important. So you can be very tech savvy and know how to develop basically anything. But if you can't see how it applies and affects a person's life, who are you developing the technology for?
0: Yeah, exactly. So one of the previous in investments I did is one the startup called Shinek Hub. And what they do, they actually use blockchain technology when it comes to putting in like medical journals and trying to find that data because a lot of data we know about the African countries is not so well done at all. The governments don't have that system like we know here in the Western world. Not even in the Western world, maybe just the Nordics. Nordics are extreme when it comes to data about their population. Yes,
1: we're really ahead there in the Nordics. Yes.
0: Um, But the data is actually useful because you actually can see where you can make the greater impact on a national level. There are a lot of interesting things happening. And even in education, we have ed tech. Even there, um, it's starting to shift a lot.
1: Is that a field that you're keeping an eye on and looking to future opportunities there?
0: Definitely. Uh, And I have an announcement within uh, two, three weeks. (laughs) All right. (laughs) When it comes to the tech part.
1: We'll get to that then and I'll help you share that announcement. Yay. You're involved in uh, quite a few organization and initiatives. I was uh, looking at the Unitech. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. What is it about and why is it important for you?
0: Yeah. um, Unitech stands for United in Tech. Basically, I met this awesome woman called Nora, Nora Beve. And she invited me to be in a panel here in Stockholm, um, just about diversity in tech. And especially when it comes to inclusion in tech, because a lot of people talk about they should make place and spot or space for others, but I just want to say like it's just you just you don't have to make space or kick someone out just in be uh, just invite people to actually be in that space first off and talk about the diversity inclusion. I've been a little bit um how do you say I've been sick of the the topics here in Sweden when it comes to diversity in women, like it's so difficult to find diversity within this space and the tech space. It's so hard to find women who know this. And I was like, what is so hard? I have seen so many initiatives here in Sweden, so many conferences, like putting millions and millions. And I just don't get it. Why can't I see a growth when it comes to numbers of women in the tech space, when it comes to diversity in tech? I don't understand the, the equation. So we just... Collab, and now I'm a co-founder together with Nora. She's the founder of Unitech. And we're actually going to educate 100 new blockchain developers where 50% will be women and 50% will be others and preferable diversity. So it's, And we're wow. going to do it within six months.
1: <laughs> How do you have time to do all of this? Is it partnering up with uh, other great people?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, We have a good... A good partner called Block Geeks. it's a Canadian company. That's an ed tech company, basically, uh, where their platform teach uh, beginners and some medium developers to actually be blockchain developers in, on whichever currency there is. So they are going to actually provide free education for four months for these 100 new people.
1: And can people apply right now?
0: Yeah, Unitech.one and we have already 50 applications after one week announcement. So just apply and you don't have to have any prior experience either.
1: Okay, anyone can apply?
0: Anyone can apply.
1: Until what date?
0: Until last of February.
1: Okay, I'll help you push that as well. <laughs>
0: Yay!
1: <laughs> so I was talking the other day to, um, I was at a party, a birthday celebration. And I was talking to a young girl who was really interested in uh, wanting to be more impactful and create impact in people's life in different ways. Mm -hmm. So I told her I was going to talk to the perfect person to speak with about this. And I promised to ask you, what advice would you give to someone in that position trying to create impact?
0: My advice would be trying to narrow it down. A lot of people that get to know me today um, just see this huge umbrella and get almost like scared, like how is that even possible? But I started this very, very small. My plan was not to be on this level I just wanted to have, I had my passion and I found an area where I could create an impact. So my my goal was to just do this one thing. And my aim was to actually, I wanted to make sure that children that was affected of the rotavirus will have medication and healthcare paid by me. And I would do it once. And the only thing I needed to provide was water, sugar and salt. So just trying to narrow it down. I think most people, I think it's, it's this is huge, huge, huge idea. And when they start the process or their journey and they only see, only see that they have impact one life, they're like, Oh my God, I suck. Oh, I don't do anything good and compare themselves with others. But I actually started with just 10 children for a whole year.
1: I was going to ask you, like you're saying, if you could break it down, that first project. How did you go about? What challenges do you run into? I think that could be very helpful.
0: Yeah, I have challenges like every single day. Because if you don't love the process of building something and think it's going to be so easy and so harmless, that's totally wrong.
2: Definitely. That's a totally
0: wrong business. This life is not easy. But I think it's worth it and it's probably not for everyone. But when I started, I just wanted to, I just went down with my father with a 40 foot container and I thought I can just dump it there and then go back to Sweden. But after a while, I was like, you know what? I can't do this. I can't just leave the children. I will support all healthcare costs for this um, organization, my first organization. And they had only 10 children back then. I was like, 10 is good. I can do 10.
1: So, you started raising money for that?
0: Yeah, I have some. I, I got a grant from Pharmacist uh, Without Borders and I took my own money. And that's when I realized the money was running out. It was not enough to, for another year. And I, okay, I need to find a solution for this.
1: And that's when you started trading?
0: No, that's when no? I started to invest.
1: Oh, so I yeah, invested sorry. in a
0: pharmacy and I took my profit to put it into Bambino.
1: What you're explaining, your mindset and and your way of going about this, I think it defies an entrepreneur. Would you call yourself an entrepreneur?
0: Yeah, I do now. Yeah. I didn't realize it back then. I probably didn't know even the word. <laughs> I'm being honest. But I probably didn't know it. Um, I just wanted to make it to see a sustainability in it. I just didn't want to my aim was not to have a thousand children. I just wanted to make an impact for this ten, and how to build that and then I tried to find just find a solution to the problems I could foresee. I could see that next year, okay, I will have no money left. yeah, my bank account is out. what I need to do something, I need to find something and start to ask people for help, starting to ask people for advice. Like, how can I do this? How can I fix this problem? I think a lot of people just think it's too big. That okay, if they want to do something, it has to be instantly. Mm. Or it has to be, like, in a massive Bill Gates kind of way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not.
1: You start where you are, break it down to smaller steps. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So just trying to find... So I do actually do workshops for people, like, trying to just narrow it down for them. Like, I just start here that will maybe within a couple of months or a year will start to have its effect. I think a lot of people get almost paralyzed when they start to think, like, I want to do something and they can keep talking about it for two years yeah. but they still have to do nothing just because they are, they're thinking so big, too big.
1: Africa is something I wanted to talk more about. I know you just recently became a part of Pangea Could you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit more about that as well? Because I have a lot of conversation with people from Africa and not from Africa interested in doing business, interested in finding uh, impact. Um, And once again, you're the right person
0: to talk to. Well, it's... um how can I say? It? I've been doing business in West Africa and East Africa. It's totally different. Yeah. But get to know the climate and don't expect it to be uh, the same climate here in Sweden. Get help. And I think because I was a woman, it was a little bit harder. In what way? I'd be doing business as a woman it was not easy at all. Um, because they expected to be a man doing business, handling money. And so, the equality issue is uh, a little bit more difficult over there. I, even in some cases, they actually just wrote. I, I wrote my name like Heaven Baraket, but they would respond to me like Mr. Mister Baraket. Mister, alright. Until, until they got to meet me, um, I even I even like um, hired like a taxi driver to help me around do all the meetings I had to do with like within a day, and actually had him paid extra. Because I wanted him to be the the first face they wanted to see before I got in.
1: Oh, so you had him like a Trojan horse. And
0: they said, <laughs> yeah, and they ta- then always they thought he was Mr. Barraket, and they were like, no, this is this is
1: she. <laughs> wow. Okay, so once you break that barrier, what's the next challenge or insight?
0: Well, the challenge I have, it feels like, especially as a woman doing business anywhere, is that it's almost like you have to prove something. I don't know if it's just in the air; it's it's nothing that they actually say to you, but it's not it's a feeling that you have to prove that you are knowledgeable. You know, you know what you're talking about. That you have the cash you're talking about. That you know math and stuff like that. So just beware, as a woman, do not just be in that trap, you don't have to prove anything, because when you start to play that game, you almost discredit yourself.
1: Oh yeah, you're playing into their rules. Exactly. sort of: And in a larger perspective, where do you see the continent? I know we're talking about the continent in large here. You've done a business in East and West Africa. Okay, we can take those markets. Where do you see that developing in the nearest 10 years, let's say?
0: Well, I just I just well, I think it was in LinkedIn. I I think I said it. it's less than 6,000 days before hey, the continent of Africa will have the population like over 2 billion. 2 billion people.
1: You said more than China and India together, right? Yeah, Is that right? Exactly. Wow.
0: And the population is very very young. Yes. In the median age today is around, is 19.4. So, and it's a, it's a people that are very hungry for change. It's a people that want to create. We have amazing, amazing human beings that can create the most amazing stuff out of nothing. Without any cash, not even with the right materials. And they can create robots.
1: I've seen a lot of that ingenuity firsthand, especially in Rwanda, yeah. where I've been.
0: There's like there's no limit. They have this energy that there is no limit to do anything. Uh, but there are some challenges too, when it comes to like urbanization. We don't have uh, there are more and more people that will live in the big cities. I think well within 10, 15 years, the, the five biggest cities in the world will be in Africa. And at the same time, this amazing stuff is happening. We also see a migration part that actually scares, like Europe. So they are trying to now, like, invest in Africa, which is fine. They invest in the African startups, which is good. But it's also because they want to make sure the infrastructure is good there so they will not migrate because it will be, like, 1 billion millennials that wants to find something better and they'll make sure they will find it.
1: But that should be a good type of immigration if it's that hungry driven type, like you're talking about, and they're trying to find opportunities. So it can also be an opportunity for the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, definitely. But I think the opportunity will be is in Africa. So I want to make sure we invest in the people there that 's why the the whole uh, idea with Bambino Foundation is to actually promote and help local initiatives local organizations because if we want sustainability and not to see what happens to Africa all these previous years, we have to invest in the people there because they would change not only the neighborhood or community, they would actually change the nation.
1: And that's so true. And bringing it back to, as I was saying, my reference, uh, which is Rwanda, it, the progress made there is really with the people like you're talking about. Exactly. And, and that's how I see it continuing the development. So what specifically does Pangea do?
0: Pangea is... Uh, is an acceleration program. So what they do, they're trying to activate uh, the diaspora investors, but also European investors. Uh, They will go to like an investor program where they actually will be taught how to invest in the African market. And and at the same time, uh, we have applications open for... Uh, Kenyan startups to actually apply to the acceleration program. We have about 400, 500 applications every time we do this. Wow. Yeah, so it's amazing. <laughs>
1: That's a lot of entrepreneurs.
0: Yes, like every time we do it, like uh, around or 500 applications. And of them, we will pick 25 that will go to acceleration programs and have the opportunity to find investments from... Uh, Swedish or Norwegian investors, and here is also an opportunity to actually activate the diaspora, the African diaspora, to actually invest to become investors. Africans. Oh yeah, because we send a lot of money back without any impact. Basically,
1: talking about the investors in Sweden and Norway, and let's say generally in West. Do you think knowledge? is the biggest problem or the, the biggest gap today, the knowledge of the market and knowledge of that opportunity. And how yeah, do you think absolutely. you can bridge that? And
0: even by the African diaspora, because we've been taught that this Africa is this dangerous land or continent, we should not go back or we should not invest. Even we self have been taught that there's an opportunity uh, in the country the countries you came from or the total of the continent.
1: So the work now is switching that mindset and yes. opening up for Most investment.
2: Definitely. Yeah.
1: And I think you're a fantastic person in the forefront of that, spreading the message and you really have created a platform where all of these different things come together perfectly.
0: I hope so. Been working since two thousand. Why is it ten years? No, eleven years.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and that's also another point on the um, giving advice to someone who wants to create impact like you. You've been doing this for eleven years. You started small. You didn't know it would grow into this, but you made it possible by just putting in focused effort. I guess all through these eleven years.
0: Yeah, and it's tricky right? to do something every day. I like to see the process grow and just to do something every day because a lot of people think, Oh, how do you find the time? Like I I still can't understand that question because I don't understand why people don't find the time and why I say that it's maybe cocky, but I do something every day. Even if it's for five minutes, I can send two emails and ask for advice or the next day maybe I have more energy. I can do something for one hour or two hours. Um, just keep, keep going and like, and okay, so my energy level is not so up today, but I can basically send three emails. That takes maybe half an hour, let's say that. So just basically doing something every day because doing that even for five minutes, even if you do something for your passion or dream or whatever for five minutes every day will be 90% more than any other people would do. I'm and that's
1: the so, sad part. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so sad, but I'm so glad you said this because it might inspire people that maybe have a full-time job, but have another field they're interested in contributing or, or creating something within and hearing that doing something for five minutes or one hour, whatever time you have every day will move you forward. I think that's inspiring, really.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest lie humanity um, gives to itself. there's a lot of lies we tell ourselves, is I don't have time. I think that's like the biggest lie we do. Because it's easy, it's um, comfortable, and maybe an easy way not to show that you actually fail something, the fear of failure.
1: It it sounds like it's more an escape.
0: Yeah. And probably sometimes without even recognizing it
1: definitely well heaven let's move into my recurrent questions i'm really excited about hearing your answer to these so how much time do you dedicate to self-education
0: probably every day in some different way sometimes i do uh, i i'm a huge fan of meditation and I meditate basically every day, and when I say every day, it's about eighty percent of my time. <laughs> Sometimes I fail, but the aim is for every day, um, and that can be for me. That is also part of self uh, self education. Yeah, just to definitely. reflect on what I've been doing and need to just go back in time and give myself space to collect my thoughts. Because that will be enhancing my mind to actually absorb new thoughts.
1: Yes. When you're talking about uh, doing something every day and you're talking about feeling what mode you were in, I was thinking if you meditate, because I've experienced that that helps me um, identify the different modes. Okay, this is this type of day and then easier adapt my going about around that. So you, it's a useful tool for you as well, meditation.
0: Absolutely. For me, it's actually for focus. Yeah. Um, I get easily excited for everything in this world. <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> Guilty as well.
0: When I started meditation, it was basically because I realized I had a problem with to focus. I had a huge problem with focus. Um so I went to the library and asked, I need a book about focus. And this librarian she gave me she gave me a book about breathing, how to breathe right. Mm-hmm. And because I get easily excited about everything. And if you do that, you will not finish anything, you will not get results. And if you want to know how to measure your life, like where you're going, it's kind of easy to just go to back to look at your results. So okay, so I did all of this, what, did it, what is the result?
1: So you mentioned going to the library when you had this question of finding uh, yeah, well, uh, the Yeah,
0: it was 50
1: years ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to ask, what is your favorite source of information? Is it books or have you found another source? Yeah, today? it's
0: books. But today with the technology we have, it's kind of easy to actually even find YouTube, pods, um, even good media like Medium, um, so I, and even and also from people. A lot of people I met, I meet a lot of people, and a lot of people actually teach me how not to do and how to do it.
1: So, what's your best hack for learning?
0: Best hack for learning. Um, best hack for learning is to be humble enough and understand that everybody everyone has something to teach you
1: that's a great one going back to relying on the knowledge of other people
0: yeah even if it's some people because i think a lot of people meet a lot of good people but maybe they don't vibe good enough so they like exclude them from everything but i believe i can be someone can teach me anything even if it's just like one sentence that will kickstart my mind going on one way.
1: Okay. So being open-minded and serendipity goes into that as well.
0: Mm, And that's, that's the hard part. It's hard to be (laughs) open-minded.
1: How do you remind yourself?
0: With the help of meditation it increases my patience as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So if you were to write a book, that would be read by all young adults in the world. What would be the title and subtitle of this book?
0: The title would be Don't Be Fat and Happy.
1: Yes, I've seen you writing about this, yeah. so please elaborate.
0: My slogan in life. The, the reason behind it is innovation and creativity is almost found every time When there's some struggle, right? Yeah. When you struggle with something or you want to solve something, that's when you get the most creativity out of a person. If they have the tools to actually do it, they can also be panic and depressed and like overwhelmed F life mode. Yeah. But almost they find something where they find a new solution or new creative way. So when, because when I started all this like Bambino Foundation, I had nothing. Now it's easier to actually do the impact I want, which also makes my mind very fat and happy. It gets comfortable. It's get in the comfortable zone that actually makes it being in a comfortable zone. is not a learning zone. It's not a creative zone. Um It's almost like a death zone, basically. So, we all have our fat and happy state of mind, our comfort zone, basically. So, it's very important to find how to trigger yourself to actually get out of that fat and happy. For instance, like when I was younger, I didn't have a car. So, I have to uh, commute, right? I have to take the metro or bus or whatever. That makes me... um, In the space of other human beings. I meet other human beings. I can listen to other conversations. And get that in. And then I realized when I started to get the car. I stopped seeing other people. I was so. (laughs) I was so damn comfortable. And I even noticed on myself. Like oh my god. I'm now fat and happy. I need to do something. So actually what I do is. Some like one week or two weeks. At a month. I ban myself to take the car just for um bringing me outside because it's a little bit more struggle to actually go and commute and be in that metro together with too many people at the same time
1: (laughs) and do you do that even with the kids yes yeah (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) i do and they hate it for me but they will thank me later (laughs) so even with the kids we we have that process like okay you know what So we have nothing now. The electricity is out. You can have no phones, no iPads, nothing. So what will we do? How will we make sure we do something? And it's amazing to actually uh, create that space. So I think it's very, very important. So don't be fat and happy. And I believe everyone has that comfort zone in different levels. Yeah. And challenging that will actually make you more creative and find more solutions. So that's actually the workshops I do, like trying to get them out from that comfort zone. For example, that, um, that woman that approached you who said she wanted to do an impact, but she didn't know how to start. Then I will do like, okay, just give me a question, give me a specific question, and I will work with you and get you out of that comfort zone. And they will find the solution to their own problems.
1: Wow. I love to read you elaborate more on this in a book form. So it'd be great if you yeah. did this.
0: One day, my fat and happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you can use that on yourself. If you're procrastinating when it comes to writing this book.
0: Yeah. You tell be, yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't be fat exactly. and Exactly. Because, you know, the mind is, um, it's, I think it's important to understand how the mind works. It's the most devious yes. tool we have and amazing at the same time. Uh it cheats and it lies to us and make it comfortable because that's the, um, evolutionary thing they're supposed to do. But when it comes to this world we've been creating, the mind needs to be challenged. We need to create our own struggles to find a solution because that's the what that's why we all successful like now in the society because we had so many challenges it was too cold. We need to build better houses. Uh, our food is rotten. We need to find a solution. That's actually how we created all the things we take for granted today.
1: And it's so true. I, I can relate. And uh, I've also seen it that way of the importance of the evolutionary perspective. So like you're saying, our brains work in mysterious ways and many times it's not to our benefit, but there has been a benefit with these settings once in a time. So with that, I think, like you're saying, you need to trick yourself or find ways of getting out of that uh, evolutionary bond, I guess, to certain behaviors.
0: Exactly. We need to always question our mind and challenge ourselves.
1: Yeah. And on that note, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior or habit has most improved your life?
0: For me, the last five years?
1: Yeah. Hmm. It could be a belief, a behavior. When it or comes habits. to
0: behavior or habits. Well, the biggest one is when we actually taught um, that I found myself in such a more stable and comfortable life today, and what I, if I uh, compare it to 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, when I realized that I need to, I started to actually create those. Uh, non-fat and happy situations um, I needed to create them because they weren't there anymore I think a lot of people miss out there's one question I have is people get mad at me when I say the Swedish innovation is going down the reason behind it is because just if you earned $20,000 per year living in Sweden you actually one percent of the richest people in the world. That's amazing, but it's also a very dangerous space to be in when it comes to innovation and creativity. Because if Sweden or the Nordics has is that, and it's the, it's almost completely gone.
1: You need that drive. Yeah, for
0: this nation grind. to survive, absolutely.
1: It's a great insight.
0: Yeah, so the behavior I seen I'm trying not to be fat and happy, I'm not trying to be in the society of norms here in Sweden, but in total, I see the generations getting lazier.
1: And I can, I can see that in the way I'm making a connection of the way we're behaving. Let's take social media as an example. Being fat and happy, I believe you have more time for nonsense and nonsensical arguments Absolutely. and yeah all this extra stuff that you don't have time with if you're mm-hmm. in the grind trying to survive trying to innovate trying to create we have seen an influx of nonsensical
0: behavior yeah
1: <laughs> and, and stupid arguments and i've connected that to us being so comfortable
0: that's totally true and we we leak time as it's like we have an endless time of everything. And then we see 30, year old, 30 years olds completely get depressed or panic attacks because they think they have wasted their time. Um, that's a dangerous pattern, we'll see.
1: So get unfat and unhappy as fast as possible.
0: Yeah, because then you will be skin and happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> in the long run. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's very, it's very hard to find this balance. I understand it's not maybe easy to understand, but yeah.
1: I think that's why you could elaborate on that topic in a book form.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: So when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or have lost focus temporarily, what do you do?
0: I stop everything I'm doing and go meditate.
1: Meditate. Meditate. Especially
0: when I have some rough, um, rough times, I double my meditation. I do more of it. If I have a very hard time, like I was, I separated from my children's father two years ago. Changes, of course, the world. Yeah. And every day was a challenge, and the challenge was also because I have the children full time. Oh yeah. And. That was a tough time. So actually for the first year, I had to double my meditation to actually persevere and check my mind that I was doing okay and get in touch with my feelings and actually be able to do something.
1: It's truly incredible how you have been able to create and do all of this. Um, Having your two kids full time, I'm really amazed.
0: Oh, they are amazing. Yes, they are.
1: (laughs) So my last question, what are you eager to learn within the near future?
0: I'm eager to learn to whatever is coming in the future. I'm so excited. I I don't know if you feel it, but I'm so freaking excited of the, what the future is going to bring, especially if I ha- because I have kids, they're now 7 and 4, just to see what kind of world will they live in 10 years from now. So I'm just going to be interested in listening and listening so much on what they are saying.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're really in the impacting, I believe, how that world might look. So you're yeah, not just. My ma- ma- mom observing. thinks I've been
0: uh, doing too much with them because when we were little, she was like, she was, uh, she was said to me like, when you guys were little, I would just say what you're going to do and you will do it. Mm. But my children, they will negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> they will make sure what you're saying is true. <laughs> they were trying to find another solution.
1: That's <laughs> great. Get them thinking and so questioning. I would
0: love to see. She's like, sometimes that pain like paying your ass to be with them because <laughs> they are better negotiators than what you are.
1: Wow. So thank you so much for taking a time. We're supposed to meet today. but. The, your, I guess all of you fell sick a few days yeah. ago. Yeah. So we managed through IT, connected through the internet.
0: You see, what a marvelous world. Yes. <laughs> Times are
1: changing. So I want to thank you so much for taking your time anyways. Um, I heard one of the kids woke up during yeah. our talk. So I guess you have to get back to being a mother now.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you so much. And where can people get in touch with you and, and find you?
0: They can find me on Instagram, in tune with heaven.
1: In tune with heaven?
0: Yeah. Or they can um, even email me, heaven at bambinofoundation.com.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much, heaven.
0: Thank you. Take Have care. Have a great day.
1: You've been listening to the Learnability Podcast. And I'm your host, Innocent McGuinda. If you want to contribute to the platform or find previous episodes and additional material, you can do that at learnability.online. And oh yeah,
2: don't forget to subscribe.